Hey guys, welcome back to Penis and Underrated. I'm Elif. And I'm Charlotte. Today we're back with another late night episode. We are, we love these. The rain is pattering, the LED lights are pattering. on. Bit of pattering. Yeah, bit of pattering outside. Um, parents are walking around the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we've we just watched... Um, we just watched the football, which is a bit Euro uncharacteristic final. for us, and we'll delve into this very soon. So we've just wiped off the England. I have it right on my face. I'm still sitting here with a faded, like streaky English flag makeup all over my face and, and my clothes. I've not been crying, I promise. But we're bringing this to you hot off the press as an anniversary month treat. We thought we actually do a current affairs thing for once. Yeah, I'm actually excited for this because obviously, like people are going to be all hyped up. Oh, f- <laughs> I hate my LED lights. Keep breaking down and so it goes dark and then they just turn around and oh there you go they're back on anyway i'm excited for this one because um obviously people are talking about it and like oh saka i'm so upset that he missed it like oh my god and, and, okay the thing that really fucking pisses me off is like they put obviously i love rashford obviously we've spoken about him before on this he literally idolized this man and why did they put him on for penalties? Why the fuck did they put him on for penalties? He hasn't been on the match. He hasn't been on the pitch the entire time. And they put this, like, 19-year-old kid on and Rashford, and they were just like, go. Just do... Oh, Let's make pissed. this podcast a little more specific. So, the football. <laughs> the football. <laughs> Basically, the thing is, obviously, we're really into it, and then, obviously, it's sad that they lost. Um, but then it just kind of hit us afterwards that, literally, when England loses, abuse rates rise by 38%. Yeah. So England losing means that domestic abuse is rising by 38%, but it's a bit of a lose-lose because even if England had like drawn or won, domestic abuse will still rise by 26%. So whilst you're out, all out there celebrating or, you know, being upset or whatever, there are people being abused. At home because of a fucking ball game. Yeah. This is the problem that a lot of people find with football. And, you know, you're probably like, why are you two talking about football? You're not football fans. No, we're not football fans. We're not England fans either. You know, as a country, as a nation, as a team. I'm literally looking at Charlotte she's got the England's flag painted off her face right now <laughs> which you insisted that you did yeah it's for research purposes but the, but the problem is is that people get so swept up in this I don't know if it's a herd mentality I don't know if it's blind patriotism if it's the lad culture but a combination of all these things can amount in very dangerous circumstances actually like people get abused people there's vandalism there's you know even like okay English fans are literally the worst we're oh my so God, disgusting with the Den like with the Danish match like like we won that one right and people still got fucking violent like they were literally 40 english fans like um ran up and like assaulted a family yeah who were wearing like danish um like danish um shirts and like flags or whatever and even now like um all the people like running in because they hadn't had any tickets like they had all the police horse ready yeah even in the match we all saw that those random people just running onto the pitch i mean that's kind of normal yeah but it's standard right everyone's just idiots and i just everyone gets a bit drunk or a bit swept up in all of this it's all the adrenaline and then but then okay i get it adrenaline fine you want to go streaking on a football pitch but don't have the adrenaline and go and beat up your wife and your kids because you're sad they lost a match a football game but it's because they're all drunk and they're excited and then it's just like uh, i don't yeah like you said they get swept up in it it's absolutely fine to have a passion and i can completely see (laughs) but your passion shouldn't turn into abuse no but i can completely see how football can be like a very like immersive passion when it's going on all the time there are teams there are many layers to it um it's something you can share with a wide group of people it's a social event even but there's being passionate and then there's being abusive and just using it as a scapegoat 
to be horrible and it's not just in the sense of like domestic abuse and violence it's also in the sense of like insensitivity and racism and things like that right you know it's weird because i basically i was having this conversation with people they were like no those are extorted numbers like domestic abuse is always going on i was like yeah yeah but like even like with the boys in our year and like boys in uni and stuff like obviously my sister's age and like even then they're still getting like they're still punching walls yeah they're still <laughs> literally going out into the streets and screaming like so imagine that but this time you like have someone at your disposal to do yeah. that too it's utterly terrifying and it would be very very wrong of us to do this podcast about patriotism and football in england without addressing the fact that domestic abuse is a huge problem you know, which is catalyzed by events like the Euros. So we asked our listeners, um, like, what percent of them would be actually watching the football? Because, I don't know, I don't, our demographic doesn't seem very football lad no, so bear in mind that we have, we always say, a little bit of an echo chamber, mostly female, liberal at least, quite left-wing, quite progressive. It doesn't seem the most laddie and football-y in the world. But even our demographic... 73% said yes. 73% of our but, listeners. But, like, we watched it. But it's it's kind of like a historic thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. When was the last time they won? Um, 66. Yeah, so, like, yonks ago. And they yeah. haven't won now either. No, they haven't won now either. So, <laughs> so we're that. still going with that. But, like, it just is a bit of a historic moment. If you're not watching football, you people yeah. still watch it. And so, like, still 73%, I'm not surprised at all. No. I mean, we asked them what were their thoughts on the patriotism surrounding football. We got loads and loads of responses. Mm, thank you, guys. Um, and you know a lot of people were saying the only reason I'd want England to win is because of the domestic abuse statistics so people don't get beaten up yeah and again like people I can't deal with patriotism um, you know there's there's just racism and yeah. drunkenness and everyone kept bringing up the abuse rate and it's so true and also it's ironic because the same men watching it also refused to watch the women's team they made it to the finals yeah 100% and they literally don't <laughs> didn't the women win in like 1996 that's not no one ever says anything about that no England haven't won since 1966 uh yeah they did but it was the <laughs> women's team so you don't care about that right do you know? Do you, so this is one of our followers said most true quote ever. Not all football fans are racist, but all racists are football fans. <laughs> love that, absolutely love that. I think again, it's it is the herd mentality, and it's easier to get away with a lot of things when a lot of your right because when you're when you're backing football, you're backing England, and England as a nation has a lot of racism intertwined into it. Yeah. So a lot of people are very either blindly just endorsing all of these horrible attitudes or actively endorsing all of these horrible attitudes and then also because like it's very easy to just because the thing is like when england loses okay for instance like the penalty with saka that is like a very high um like pressure and people are people will take out the anger on the fact that they lost on him yeah and and say oh no i'm just i'm just passionate about football but they're actually literally just being racist yeah a hundred percent i thought it was quite interesting that um gareth southgate um one of our listeners very kindly sent us a letter that i didn't know gareth southgate gareth southgate had written (laughs) an open letter i was struggling there and it was quite long but something that i did find interesting that i wanted to discuss within this letter and i'll read it to you now is that i am confident that young kids today will grow up baffled by old attitudes and ways of thinking for many of that younger generation your notion of englishness is quite different from my own i understand that too 
I understand that on this island we have a desire to protect our values and traditions as we should, but that couldn't come at the expense of introspection and progress. Regardless of your upbringings and politics, what is clear is that we are an incredible nation relative to our size and population that has contributed so much to the arts, science and sport. So it is good to have some acknowledgement of the fact that a lot of the younger generation now are becoming increasingly aware of the, you know, the atrocities behind the British nationality and how a lot of us aren't proud to be British or aren't proud to be English and how that differs from the older generation. But again, I, I do agree that there is comfort in finding unity and a sense of national pride and sharing our achievements in sport and culture and music. But then again, when you go and celebrate English culture, you're not just celebrating, you know, people at a boozer down at the pub, you're celebrating, you know, black artists that bought styles and fusions into Britain through the slave trade and things yeah. like that. British culture is so influenced by ethnic minorities. I mean, the biggest slave port in Britain was literally in Liverpool and it saw over 1.5 million African-Americans go through that point alone. That's like insane. that port alone had over 1.5 Africans go through it. And there were not only ports in Liverpool, but there were ports in London, in Exeter, in Lancashire, in Bridport, in Plymouth, in Chester. Like there were ports everywhere and these obviously infused communities when when people came through and started to settle in the uk um i mean the abolition of slavery wasn't even introduced until 1833 that's less than 200 years ago it's naive to say that this is all in the past this is all history of course this still fucking has effects on our national identity okay well then here's the question if you should you because i think it is quite like a difficult question to answer like should you be proud of a nationality and like should you be proud of your birthplace these are all things you have no control over so should you be proud of them should you actively be upset with that yeah but i don't like i think it's quite a balance because like yeah i don't think i like i couldn't say like no don't be proud like you have no like why why would you be proud of that such a weird thing to be proud of because i still understand like the the like as you said the community behind it and stuff but so we asked our followers if you are british are you proud to be british um 58 of people said no 58 percent of our listeners aren't proud to be british because when you get to the root of it being british like in its history is not a particularly good thing it's very colonial it's very racist it's very (laughs) empire imperialistic that's the word not empire and but okay so the thing is i usually answer all the polls honestly as always but i didn't answer that question because as i like i am british but i'm also turkish Mm -hmm. and so all that like quote-unquote like british culture and like i don't know it's very like niche nostalgic things that people seem to like connect over mm-hmm. i just don't yeah and so i know that like i am british but i also don't feel any connection to my britishness mm-hmm. in the like in the way that other people do because they've like grown up yeah but the thing is, i grew up here but i grew up with different influences it wasn't entirely british your household like your my household food, is what you were watching on the tv exactly those are all different and so it felt weird to be like am i proud to be british because like objectively i'm looking at britain as like i kind of separate myself from yeah. it which i don't know if is good either because i'm not like i'm not separate from like i am british i have dual na- dual nationality but like it just feels weird to be like yeah i'm proud to be british because i deep down i'm not like yeah i'm british like i don't mm-hmm. feel british do you feel british like is that a thing as, you feel right we were talking about this earlier and as someone who the only thing in her that's not british is her like 10 percent irishness i am that british like 
again, I feel a separation from it, right? The but, only... but the th- difference is, have you yeah. had any influence from your quote-unquote Irish side? No, of course not. Of course but not. So, so then Absolutely how can nothing. you have any disconnect from your Britishness? I think because the only the only way that I can frame my Britishness in a positive light is if I look at it through the lens of nostalgia, as you were saying. Yeah. If I think about fish fingers and smiley face potatoes and beans, if I think about Mr. Maker on the TV and horrible... No, not horrible histories. That's not a very good <laughs> It's a bit problematic. problematic. They is do, it? They do brown face. Oh, do they? Yeah, fully. I mean, oh. obviously, it was quite a long time ago, and it wasn't even. I'm not even excusing that. It's problematic. But there was like Mr. Maker. There was this CBBS. There was Milkshake. There was all these experiences. There's going to Butlins. There's things like that, which were a huge part of my childhood that obviously you can't relate to. Yeah, and that's the only way that I can associate myself with the country I live in. To me, Britain is just a vessel for me to live my life. And obviously it's had influences on me and it means I'm aware of like British politics or just yeah, things yeah. like that. But I don't like if you ask me to describe myself, I wouldn't say I'm Charlotte, I'm sixteen, I like this and that, and I'm proud to be British, like not at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, there's That's no not like that would ever cross my mind. Proudness behind it. But then also like when you're watching the football, it's like, Yeah, go England. You yeah, but mean? I think it's the herd mentality. It's easy just to get swept up in that because they're little men running on your screen <laughs> and they're just like rolling over and it's all like a bit of fun. It's a bit gimmicky. Yeah. You know I mean, it's quite easy just to you can because you can tap into that for what, two, three hours yeah. and then just completely ditch it. Like we were joking today that we compromised our morals for the sake of like two, three hours. <laughs> like we're not huge fans of Britain yet we had the face paint on and we were cheering at the TV because it's fun and it's historical and we're not endorsing Britain as a country right we're just watching the football but there are people that can't separate the two and don't don't have any desire to separate the two I think that's it because like football is football right yeah but football and England yes there's a kind of because England has the baggage of history with it yeah of course there is so much like rampant racism within football as well yeah but that's because of brits like that, that is because yeah. of the people not because don't 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 what is it don't hate the don't hate the player hate the game but it's the opposite yeah don't hate the game hate the player yeah that's why <laughs> or, no, don't thing. hate the player hate the fans yeah You're fucking up for everyone else oh another thing i wanted to say is to like obviously like Brit, like england fans get so insane like they get mm animalistic and there was so, um, i'm not even going to think about the covid rates going up now oh, after God, tonight please don't. but like people like there are like thousands of people and police are doing literally nothing but yeah there was one single protest there was a there was a vigil for sarah everard mm-hmm. and that that sparked like no no this is not allowed at all yeah so like, bullshit you see all those people in there are people protesting in and that's not allowed but you can go to a football match yeah what are our priorities here yeah. That doesn't make me proud to be British. Well, no, it doesn't make you proud to be British at all, but one's a lot more marketable than the other, and one can do a lot more for England as a nation than the yeah, other. Yeah, England's morale, I guess. But then I think when we have these conversations, it, it's important to note that, you know, obviously, like, racism and lag culture and all of this isn't specific to, Brit- like, just to British people. Like, that's yeah, everywhere. Course. But I feel that there's race like like british football fans have a reputation worldwide for being animals yes. more than other countries like you don't think oh those stupid denmark fans do you, <laughs> you but you, you hear like british football fans you think oh shit what England, are they going to yeah. do now like we have a reputation and i think the british identity as a whole is a lot more i mean I, i'm biased because i've only ever been in britain my entire life but i see it as so casually racist and problematic yeah. and just awful in a way that i don't see other nationalities european ones at least i think 
I th- okay, Europe I don't think is a good example because mm. Europe is racist. Yeah, fair enough. Like France with the empires and everything. Fr- like France is racist. Oh, like, France, France, France is, is fucking awful. racist. Um, like I'm, I don't, I don't know. I think it's obviously because we're living the first hand experience of yes, it. Yes, that's true. And I think the racism, the way it presents, is different. Yeah. So the way that England presents its racism will completely differ from the way that France presents its racism. Yeah. And I think that's why it's kind of hard to gauge where we're at on that level. Yeah. And uh, I don't know because, okay, I haven't done this test for ages and ages and ages. But you remember the political spectrum compass test? test. Political yeah. compass. One of the questions I remember is should you be is it wrong to be proud of your birthplace yeah and i don't think it is i think you could i think you should be proud of like where you're from and stuff but that doesn't mean you should completely like blind patriotism is where it's wrong where like you're not like for example um extremely i know like america gets a rep for being extremely patriotic yeah or people who just blindly um, are patriotic towards um, the Civil War yeah. for some reason. They wave like, their stupid flag and then they don't have any awareness. I forgot the flag. What's the flag called? Confederate flag. Yeah. They will literally wave that flag around and not even know the history behind it because they're being quote-unquote patriotic and they yeah. don't even know what it means. So I guess it's it's where the line between ignorance and just kind of um, choosing to ignore the bad stuff so you can be quote-unquote proud of where you're from. Yeah, well, this is interesting in that I had I've had quite a lot of first-hand experience of this kind of thing recently in that I've been working some events that are very patriotic I don't want to say too much but they're they a lot of them very much focus on a sense of Britishness and nationality there's a lot of union jacks everywhere and whilst I was working this event I had quite a lot of people say to me oh it's so nice to just wave those flags and not hear anything about oh not being proud of being British and just feel Mm. your pride to be a Brit and they were actually like saying to me like disregarding the idea that you should be ashamed of anything to do yeah. with britain and being like oh it's so nice to see the airplanes and wave your flags and you know well i don't think it's about being ashamed it's just recognizing yeah completely because what does shame do for anyone no nothing nothing people are just too uncomfortable to be uncomfortable and people don't accept the fact that they are required to be uncomfortable and they're required to be educated yeah i mean it's easy for us two 16 year olds to sit here and say do this do that read this book do that like but if you're not putting it into practice like who, we can't make you while we're on the topic of read this read yes that. i was about to segue into that <laughs> so in preparation for this episode today i revisited a brilliant book by rennie edo lodge called why i'm no longer why i'm no longer talking to white people about race and the entire first chapter is about the colonial history yeah. and the slave trade in britain specifically the whole book is a fantastic read it talks about feminism and race class and race um white privilege what it is just everything surrounding that sort of topic so you definitely should read that and we'll put a link to it in the description absolutely but yeah we've got to credit um edo lodge for her work here because we are largely basing some of these conversations off of that as as we literally, literally been as we're speaking someone just sent me a screenshot of literally people in an instagram comment section abusing abusing saka and being like just literally saying racist and disgusting things and well yeah there you go it's begun it's begun and i think that whilst we want to get this podcast out as soon as possible so it can have its relevance i dread to think what we're going to see when we wake up tomorrow morning do you all know what the, i mean all of twitter and like all of fa- like just everything we might just... even have to edit this podcast and insert something if something drastic happens i wouldn't put it past that at all on the topic of britain yeah i don't think it's fair to have this conversation without bringing up the monarchy oh because right. there is one thing being proud to be 
English. Yep. And there is one thing being proud of the monarchy. Yeah. Which I think I know I like I don't know if you've actually had this conversation on the podcast. I've had this so many times in real life with the whole especially with the whole Meghan and Harry thing, this catalyzed a lot of conversations about the monarchy. Yeah. Like even I've well me and my friend, we were in a classroom and a teacher started being incredibly ignorant and spurring on a very ignorant discussion. And we took it two on one. Well, I was supporting her because she was saying very personal things and it was not my place to interject, but I was there with her. And he was very patronising. He was very dismissive. He didn't see the point and he actually absolved himself of any moral responsibility to consider any sides by talking about a relative who was black. And it was just completely mind-numbing and it's just like we are so programmed to not even question any sort of authority and again I'm not sure if infantilize is the right word but everyone's sort of sort of like oh there's the queen she's really cute oh don't worry look at look at lovely little Kate but then when it's Mm. a black woman it's like this is a woman ripping the family apart yeah so you know instantly we can see a huge divide there like even when Prince Philip died like Okay, maybe it was a little bit insensitive. Philip? Yeah, Prince Philip died. Was it Philip? Yes, it was Philip. Oh. This is what we mean about you. I thought it was William. No, William's still... We saw him on the football just now. God, For God's sake. But when <laughs> Philip died, maybe it was a little bit insensitive to like a TikTok about him sliding down the pole to hell in Lil Nas X style. <laughs> sure. But the man was a racist. The man was pretty that, not yeah, great. Yeah, that's the thing. And like Endorsed people, awful things. People were making jokes about it. Like, rightly so. Like, being like thank god he's gone you know he's a racist <laughs> like yes okay rest in peace whatever to be fair the, the worst of it i saw was like looks like man died 10 years ago and yeah it did to be fair but the thing is and then people would be like you're disgusting that's our monarchy like they bring in tourists that was their main argument <laughs> they bring in tourists and it was kind of just like and and there are people who are bearing their souls saying like it is actually disgusting like the amount of imperialism and uh, like how they colonized the, it's just all of that history and then the counter argument to the monarchy was they bring in tourists and they boost morale that does not seem like weighted that's not even tangible mate like that's not even tangible they bring in tourism what do you mean by that are you talking on an economic sense are you talking about the money they're bringing either in? way it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't they're taking enough of your money anyway <laughs> What was it that was spent on a boat for Prince fucking Philip when he died? Yeah, he's, like, he's dead. He doesn't millions need a boat. Millions and millions and millions. Yet they can't justify a way to feed starving children. Marcus, Where are the priorities Marcus in this had country? to come in. Yep. Bless him. Why did they put him on for the penalty? Oh, he expended all his energy saving the starving I children. I know. He's, he, he had was, nothing left to give. Mind, his mind was <laughs> occupied. He wasn't warmed up. It wasn't his fault. Um, but like, it just, it just weird. Like people have this blind, um, like loyalty to the queen. Like, She's not your grandma. She doesn't really care. She doesn't even know you. Like, no. why? You... And of course, there are um, members of the royal family that have done great things. You know, even though I'm not a fan of Prince Charles either, the Duke of Edinburgh Award has inspired many things in young children. Yes. they've done charitable work. They've gone gone to many countries. They've inspired hope. There has been some monetary involvement. We will not deny that there have been great things to come out of some of the royal family's involvement but that should kind of be a given if you're in a position with that much power yeah. and that much money and, and authority and influence like that should be the expectation and the fact that this was only met some of the time is actually worrying to me i don't understand how we still have a monarchy no it seems like a very outdated idea and i i am confident in the fact that i think it will go extinct 
Yeah, but when can it hurry up? Because yeah, I know. Once the Queen dies, it'll be a whole new age because people will defend the Queen with their lives because she's cute and she's old and she's, like, doing her best and she's been there for the long run or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But once it either gets to Charles or William, because, you know, there's a chance Charles might just pass it off and give it to William because he's old anyway. Do you think so? I think there's a chance. Wait, Do which you... one's Charles again? Charles is the Queen's son. Really? Yeah, he's, like, 70. He looks old. <gasps> he is because she's in her 90s. Oh my god, she is, isn't she? She's really old. Oh my god, how is she not dead yet? <gasps> Do you know what I saw a thing? It was like, it was like, you know the national. Wait, that's not the national anthem, is it? Wait, God, that's the national anthem. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell! No, listen, I literally, I, I, I've been, I like, it's not like I didn't grow up here. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the fact I'm Turkish. I just don't know the national anthem. Um, no what was I saying yeah people are saying we like manifested her long life by singing God God <laughs> save oh, gracious queen long what God save I know that one wait okay what okay no need to sing the whole thing wait how what's the other one then what's the other national anthem there is no other national anthem like over the waves and like oh Royal Britannia 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 rules the waves why is that not never ever ever shall be slaves but they were fucking slaves Britain shall never be fucking slaves that's not that's not what the words are Britain never ever ever shall be slaves what we had so many slaves we did all the enslaving we'll never be slaves but we can have slaves that's That's, fine that's okay oh my god oh okay yeah anyway so we basically manifested her long life yeah we did we should stop singing it I'm not wishing death on the queen. Okay, like, we've got to be careful about what we say. You can't just wish death on the the queen. queen. There's going to be a little red dot on my head in a second. The window's going to come through the curtains. I'm going to be dead next to you. No, not actually. No one's coming for us. I do like her. Listen. This is the danger. (laughs) This is the danger. I do like her. But when she's dead, when she does die, the monarchy can end with it. I I think that there will be a huge shift, at least, in how the monarchy plays a role. I would love her to live as long as she can. Live a happy, healthy life. For as long as she can. And then when she dies, let the monarchy die with it. Yeah. Just get rid of the whole thing. Just scrap it. Just just put yeah. it in the bin. But well, like we know from the likes of Harry and Meghan that very few people are happy under the monarchy and the insane pressures that brings onto you that mm. you don't consent to. Well, I was going to say unless you marry into it, but no, when you marry into it, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, as mm. Meghan very rightly proved in that Oprah Winfrey interview, which I watched in its entirety and had myself defending Meghan with my life for the next week or so <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. In every conversation I'd have at school. Like, it literally came up every single time. I was so sick of the... By the end of the week, I was just like, oh my God, leave the poor woman alone. Honestly. It is quite terrifying how much control they still have over her, though, despite all her efforts to, like, completely distance herself oh, and just... Harry and the family. The kid who's losing security. Yeah, the fact they her, lose security. You know, were you silent or silenced? And her inability to answer the question. You could see the way she was tiptoeing around every single question, even though, you know, technically she could say what she wanted to say, but that's not a viable option for her, is it? But I guess also half it was out of respect. Yeah, of course. Because there are people in the royal family that, like, didn't necessarily wrong her firsthand anyway. They just happened to be caught up in it all. And I get that, I get that. You get that and you get that. I think there's a huge thing to be said for like the aesthetic, aesthetic, I was that what aesthetic, aesthetic I'm gonna go with 
aestheticization. Nope, aestheticize. Aesthetic. I'm less just romanticizing. Glamorizing. <laughs> glamorizing not only the monarchy, not only British life, but also glamorizing London. Do you remember that phase in like 2014, 2015, where the Union Jack was like a trendy print and like people would just have it everywhere and there'd be like little bulldogs and like telephone box stickers and things and like everyone was just obsessed with London. Okay, okay. Can I, I don't think I. I'm not British. I just think I literally have mind blanks. Yeah. I do not remember any of anything that anyone's... Like, I do not remember my childhood. <laughs> oh, dear. This might be some trauma to my No, back. it's not. It's not. But, like, I literally have no idea what you're on about. Well, anyway, there's a huge thing. It comes in waves, obviously, and there was a trend of London. Like, London was a trend, and, like, London. the Union Jack was a trend. But even when people say, oh, my God, yes, London, lovely to go to London, like, then we completely ignore, like, the extreme poverty and homelessness and things yeah. like that in London. And how, if you actually go to London, like, we, we went to London very recently. Yeah. Like, there are grimy bits of London. <laughs> like, you know, There even, are grimy bits of everywhere. There's grimy bits of everywhere, obviously. But it's just, like... It seems like this great city with all of this, and then it's just like... But I only think that seems like that for people who don't live in the UK. Yeah, obviously there's a degree of, like... If I think it would be the same, I'd be like, oh my god, I want to go to New York, and then New Yorkers would be like, um, what? Yeah, exactly. Oh, what are you doing? The red sun, my st- oh, the red sun, my street, I'll dance around my feet. They seem they to say, Tracy, it's up That's not even in New York. No, that's in um, Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> same place. Yeah, America's literally just one giant thing. <laughs> just one giant entity. Yep. As you can entity. see, neither of us took geography for GCSE. Um, no. And not will be taking for A-level. A nod back to our other episode, um, which I don't know. Oh, no, we would have released. Oh, no, it won't. No, actually, we wouldn't have released it yet because we're releasing this one as soon as we can because of relevance. And then this one, and then the... Po- okay, basically, we're going to have an episode about mainly british politics kind of privilege in politics privilege and how they can politics. be intertwined kind of going back to the monarchy and privilege in politics all of the whole intertwining of it all when we were having these conversations about like should there be a monarchy should there be um like a royal family yada yada yeah and um like when you're having these conversations like it, it kind of baffles me the way that people selectively pick out what they like about it and yeah. then will not look at any of the imperialism or colonialism and so basically i was having this conversation with someone else and we were talking to this person yeah 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 like um and they were just kind of like no like that doesn't even happen anymore and they just said like because you you have the privilege to not let it like it doesn't affect you yeah and so it's so easy to just sit back and be like yeah but it doesn't happen anymore yeah yeah it, it still affects people and i don't understand people walk around like no it doesn't um, and so linking it back to the football, which is what this episode is about, yeah. um, the way that it literally infiltrates football, a yeah. ball, a game. Men Le- running around on a field, kicking a ball. Literally with their little legs, trotting around, like <laughs> rolling, ro- on, rolling the floor, on the floor, like kicking each other. Little animals. <gasps> I'm so Number sorry. three on the Italian team. What was his name? Um, Ke- 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 no, it's Key. 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 Number three on the Italian team. I don't like you. No, I don't know your name, but I don't like you. I can I can't remember it. I was trying to remember all the names. I do not like you at all. I don't know who he did this to. I, I think he did it to Sterling. He grabbed. Oh, he, back, he pulled listen, him no, to the ground. He grabbed the back of his shirt and literally dragged him to the ground. And he gave him a yellow card. How is that a yellow card? They get kicked in the shins and it's a yellow card. It was such a red card deserving, and they did not give it to him. that guy. Number three was on him the entire time oh yeah fucking 
piss me off that has nothing to do with it it was very it was very violent again and it was only a yellow card and then you see some of the other other yellow cards that were issued in the game and you think they're not on the same level like someone accidentally steps on someone or kicks someone a little bit in the shins versus someone hauling them to the ground by the the neck by the neck in the words of my 11 year old brother he literally yeeted him the fuck (laughs) that's why he texted on the group chat I mean, even when, when the 11 year old picked up on it, you know. You know, you know. something's not right. <laughs> it fucking pisses me off. Can I just say, how has football become such like a, a huge part of British identity? Wasn't that rugby? Or, or <gasps> am I. Or tennis? Cricket. Or like cricket? Or tennis, like, not really, I feel like. Ew, Andy Murray. Is. Andy Murray. Mandy Murray. I said Andy Murray. You said I said, <laughs> we can listen back to this and see who's right, okay. and it'll be me. Shit, okay, sorry. You said Andy, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know Andy Murray and is then... he British? yes no Scottish <gasps> that's British that's <laughs> Scottish <laughs> it's so dumb guys it is what's the time it's like quarter past 12 a.m. this is kind of p.m. are you okay? <laughs> it's p.m. no it's not no. I'm kidding you right now it's p.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's 12 o'clock in the morning that's a.m. it's not 12 o'clock What a.m.? Why would it be 12 a.m.? Why would it go? It is 12 a.m. It's 12 p.m. It's at 12 night. It's fucking a.m., you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. Right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> 12 a.m. is at night. 12 a.m. is at night. That's Why does it do that? Guys, it is currently 15 past <laughs> midnight, which is. Um, we. I've just had to edit out quite a lot because <laughs> me and Elif have been screaming at each other because I said it's 12.15 a.m. and Elif was like, no, it's p.m. I was like, why the fuck would it be but p.m.? But no, why the fuck it's would it be a.m.? It's in the morning. It's 12 at night. Why it is. PM? So shut up. Okay. Oh, that was so rude. You want to put that in there? You want, you want the you want the you want the listeners to see how well, rude you are. So to far, me. the listeners know that we wish death upon the queen. <laughs> we think beep. No. We don't. This is sarcasm. We do not wish death upon the queen. We do not beep. <laughs> and I do not hate Ellis. Uh, well, I do hate Boris Johnson. Oh, who's in here now? <laughs> Name dropping the bojo. <laughs> who else do we hate? Ricky Gervais. <laughs> wait, no, it wasn't Ricky Gervais. No, wait, wait, no, it wasn't Ricky Gervais. It was, uh, what's the podcast guy? Oh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, sorry. Oh, yeah, fuck you, Joe I don't Rogan. know. Do you hate Ricky Gervais? I think he's... I don't know him enough. I think he's made some... This is the thing that... Okay, this actually links in. Oh my God, this links in. I'm so amazing. So like, British comedians, I'm very in on the British comedy scene. I'm actually going to see Ed Gamble and James Lancaster at South Bank. This is crazy. Where, oh my God, I've been, I've been obsessed with them for years. It's the live recording of Off Menu. I'm going. I'm going to be there. Maybe you will be too. <laughs> but I'm going too. I'm going there. Anyway. The British comedy scene, there's it's quite an even split. There are half of them that do like the fun shows like Mock the Week and Cats Does Countdown and like the jokes are quite PC. A lot of people like comedians like that are POC they like use that in their comedy routine and talk about their experiences and it's quite like a PC comedy scene. But then on the other hand, there are a bunch of mainly older white men who kind of like say edgy things and it's not as much mainstream anymore obviously they don't really get put on tv as much this is where the majority of stand-up is now 
but like they say all these things and it's kind of like a joke and like oh you're getting sensitive i'm too oh this is brilliant james acaster like little bit of his um comedy show which i know off by heart cold lasagna hate myself 1999 and he's like i'm gonna be challenging you too challenging for you and then he's like yeah because the trans community haven't faced enough challenges ricky gervais and it's like well this is exactly it right because a lot of british comedians or just british people in general mask their like basic like discrimination as like an observation or like a challenge or a little bit of a push or like an edgy joke and it's not that at all but then in scenes such as comedy or like theater or literature it is so normalized and it's masked as if it's a positive thing yeah like we're pushing for some sort of change or observation or just like a commentary a social commentary no it's not it's just bigotry but the thing is like these are funny people they don't need to have marginalized groups at the as the butt of their joke and i think i know i know you're like why are you bringing this into the british episode but i think in british like britishness and british lad culture there's mm. a lot of sense of like like snowflake sort of mentality or oh you're taking it too seriously or calm down darling you know like that kind of thing you know you know the exact like if i asked you to picture that person right now you'd be picturing a white man with a bit of stubble like a beer belly quite short i just caught it in my head yeah right probably wearing a football shirt yes (laughs) there you go (laughs) there you go i think this is derailing now but our point is that um when you're enjoying bits of British culture, like sport or art or music, be critical of that media. See yeah. if there's any overt racism or like microaggressions within that. But then also be aware of the fact that Britain as a nature has a horrible colonial imperialistic history that you cannot absolve yourself from. Yeah. And whilst it isn't your direct responsibility to be guilty, it is your direct responsibility to be educated and to be aware of it. So I think that's the takeaway here. We hope you enjoyed this and we hope you're not too disappointed about the football. If you're Italian, like a few of you are, because we know we have have (laughs) listeners in Italy. Good for you. Hope you're happy. Had a lovely (laughs) celebration. And I hope you didn't get beaten up by any any England fans, because I think... You probably did. You probably did. Let's hope that the news tomorrow isn't flooded with Can you imagine what's happening right now on literally on the streets? I dread to think. I put my phone on airplane mode, so I have no idea what's going on. And I'm going to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You just said we have to educate ourselves. I'm not going to have a look. No, no. Right, have a lovely evening, day, whatever, guys. Whatever um, time it is, it is now. We'll midnight. actually see you in less than a fortnight because we're breaking our editing, like our posting schedule, just to give you this episode in because reaction to the football. It's because it's anniversary, anniversary month, and we month. thought we'd spoil you guys. So coming up on the twenty-first of July is our anniversary to date. So keep your eyes peeled for something on that day. Maybe if you want to like drop us a review, in a, a review on Apple Podcasts would be beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think we've got a cough. Let's go and do a COVID test, right? (laughs) Shall we? All right, guys. Natural flows. Get out now. (laughs) Bye.